And while you're taking your seats, those of you that are seated, if you could reach into your bag, grab that catalog that looks like this. I didn't have an opportunity to make all my announcements. But then inside the catalog is an application. And it looks like this. And, you know, I heard there's over 200 of you that are here for this event. And over 300 of you watching via our live stream that I think want to be here but couldn't make it for whatever reason. But you know what, I just want to encourage you to, you know, if you're on the fence or you're just thinking about it, that, you know, there's something to putting your boat in motion and uh, this is just one of the ways you can do that is to begin filling out this application. And uh, there's an application fee of $100. And uh, we're going to have an opportunity on Friday, the last hour at 11 o'clock, to go in the room over there and uh, actually do the registration. But you don't have to wait until then. You can begin filling it out. You could turn it in at any time during this event uh, in the back room there. Um, at the Karis Bible College table. So I just want to encourage you to really pray about it, think about it, and um, again, make a quality decision. And I'm just going to help you a little bit. We have a student here that was impacted by last year's campus days, and they scholarshiped $100 for someone that wants to apply for school. They're going to pay your $100 registration fee. So I have a little certificate here. But you need to be one to fill it out and turn it in. I just don't want you taking it and then thinking about it. In your mind, you need to be committed that I am going to do this. So if that is you, come on up here. First one up receives the $100 fee. All right. Congratulations. So that was from a student who was impacted at this conference and has been here since August. And it's changing their life, her life. And uh, she wanted to sew back in because she sees the value of what's going on here at Karis Bible College. So you could thank that student for doing that, and it's going to be a blessing. We'll do 10 of them. Whoa, Lawson says he's going to do 10 of them. So, all right. That's awesome. Hey, this just hit me now. Sit down. Hold on. Vicki. Vicki is my, the staff here. She's gonna, we're going to have to figure this out. We will print up some scholarships. Thank you for Pastor Lawson and Barb. And um, now you know you're going to have to be here every session because you just don't know when we're going to give these out. All right? So you need to be here. You need to be on time. And we're going to have some fun. But you know what I told the staff? I believe this is very reasonable. We're going to hit over 100 applications by Friday. I believe that's how many people, at least, at the very least, that's how many of you are going to decide to come. So that's what we're believing for. We have our faith out for it because we know it's a good decision. We know the value of all these teachings and what the Word of God will do in your life. Amen? All right. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, that's exciting. Great. Well, we have Daniel Amstutz coming up next, and uh, praise the Lord. Daniel has been on staff with us just a little over a year and has been an awesome, awesome blessing to this school. Uh, not only is he talented, but he has drawn together a lot of people, and, and he's just, God is using him powerfully for our praise and worship. He also runs a third-year track track.
in our third year uh, classes where he's teaching on praise and worship. Daniel and I go back a long time. I knew him when he was the worship leader for Dave Duell and Greeley and then uh, Bob Yandin in Tulsa. And actually, I think it was about 1980 or it's been about 30 years ago that Daniel went with me to uh, Atlanta and we held a meeting at the Omni Hotel in downtown Atlanta and I think we had 11 people show up. I, and Daniel and I just gave them everything. We praised God with our whole heart. I preached, and it was awesome. So anyway, we go back a long time, and he has been a real blessing uh, to the Bible College here. So he's going to come and share with you during this last hour this morning. Amen. Daniel Amstutz. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Well, praise the Lord. It is so great to be here. And let me just say thank you to Andrew and Jamie for the opportunity to be here. Uh, I'm so grateful to God for all that he is doing in my life and through me. And uh, so grateful to our students. I'm telling you, we've got the best student body in the United States. No, in the world. Amen. Amen. Andrew says he believes we have the best faculty. I, I think we've got the best student body as well. Amen. Hey, I've got a responding CD. You probably saw them up on the screen here a little earlier. This is our worship project that we recorded last year. It was our very first worship project that we've ever recorded here called Responding. How many know that you don't have to beg God for his presence to show up? God's actually waiting for you to let him out. Amen? I used to think years ago that, you know, we were waiting for the glory cloud to roll in, and the Spirit of God spoke to me one day and said, no, actually, I'm waiting for you to let me out. Amen? So now today, as New Testament believers, we can simply respond to the Spirit of God. Amen? And I'm going to teach a little bit about that this morning, but who would, who would like to have a worship CD? First one up here gets it. All right, my brother. <laughs> awesome. Wow, I tell you what. I think you've got a calling for worship ministry. (laughs) See me in September. (laughs) Amen. A couple things. Um, I'm also the director of the healing school here at Karis. For those of you who don't know, we started a healing school almost exactly a year ago. In fact, we're going to be celebrating our one-year anniversary next week. We are very excited about that. On Thursday of next week, it's our one year, and Andrew is going to be our speaker at the Healing School next Thursday. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we are very grateful for that. We've trained about 300 students now in how to minister to the sick, and uh, they've gone through an eight-week training course, and uh, Ashley and Carly assist me. Would you guys stand? And let me just introduce you to these guys. Amen. This is Ashley and Carly Terradez. They were originally from England. And so when they speak, uh, I have to interpret. (laughs) But we kind of work our way through it. It's all good. Amen. But we have an awesome time in the healing school. And we're just seeing God do amazing things. I mean, every week we're seeing miracles. Um, This week, uh, last week, we had somebody who had a broken foot. They were in a cast. And uh, they got... Uh, not only out of the wheelchair, took the cast off, completely healed in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Are you here? Stand up. Here she is. 
Glory to God. So I'm telling you, we're just seeing amazing things happening here because how many know we serve an amazing God? It's not because of us. It's because of who he is in us. And God told me one time, he said, I will always be God in you and through you if you'll just let me flow. Just let me flow. Amen. Let me do what I do. And so many times we are the ones that are stopping the move of God while we're praying for God to show up or asking God to do what he's already done. Amen. So let's jump into the word today. I'm just blessed to be here and to be a part of the campus days. I appreciate Gary Lukey so much as our uh, school administrator. I tell you what, what a blessing Gary Lukey is. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to the New Testament, to Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to just spend a few minutes here in the Word of God today. And uh, how many of God wants us to live spirit-filled? He wants us to worship, as we've been talking about this morning, on this side of the cross. And if you ever want to be frustrated, boy, I'm telling you what, put yourself as a New Testament believer under an Old Testament system and try to worship under that old covenant. Amen? And that's where much of the church is today. They're not understanding that what Jesus has already purchased and bought with his own blood, what he has already given to us is available for us freely. Jesus said, freely you have received. Now what? Freely give. Amen. Let God arise. And what happens? The enemies are scattered. See? God in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. God is greater. He that's greater in us than he that's in the world. So we've got something in us that's mighty. We've got something in us that is powerful. We've got something in us that absolutely nothing can stand against. And it's called the life of God. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Everybody say, you look like the hope of glory. Tell your neighbor that. That's what I'm talking about. Look at this, guys. Galatians chapter 4, look at verse 4. It says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as what? Sons. And because you are sons... God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. There's the picture of intimacy. This word Abba is literally the word Papa. When I was over in Jerusalem for the Shalom Jerusalem recording years ago, I heard little kids running through the streets saying, Abba, Abba. Well, see, Jesus is giving us this picture of how he came to give us an intimate relationship with him. He said, that spirit, my spirit, the spirit of my son has been poured out into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through who? Through Christ. Amen. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3 and look at verse 3. Philippians chapter 3 and let's look at verse 3. How many know that there's a lot of people who will try to put you back under the law if you let them? You know, people who are more comfortable with legalism because that's where they've been. Look at verse three. It says, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit 
rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Isn't that awesome? What he's really saying here is that the true sign of a right relationship to God is not something external. Jesus has literally qualified us to be able to have a relationship with God that is based in spirit. And as Andrew so beautifully teaches, flesh can never produce spirit. Amen? Amen. Only spirit can produce spirit. Amen. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me way back in the 70s was when I began to find out that I'm a three-part being. That the real me, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, you all know the scripture very well. The real me is a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. But you know, when it comes to worship, we spend so much of our energy trying to get into the spirit, don't we? And it's based on an old covenant model. We, we know about the, the holy of holies that was kept behind the veil. And only the high priest could go into that place, that holy of holies, that, that inner court, you know, that inner place. Only the high priest could go in once a year for the atonement of the people. So we know that. But what we try to do is when we have a relationship with God, we're always trying to do something from the external or from the physical, trying to get into the spirit. Well, for years and years, I've seen that happen in worship services. Wherever uh, God's people have gathered, I've seen where we trying, we're trying somehow to get into the spirit. We're trying to get into our holy of holies. We're trying to do something to get the glory of God to show up. Not realizing that we already have the glory of God on the inside of us today. Amen. We're actually trying to worship under an old covenant. Everybody say, the old covenant covenant. is not my covenant. covenant. I have a better covenant. And it's based on better promises. So there must be a better way. To worship. And you know what? There is. It's called spirit and truth. That's our our format for today. Jesus said, I don't want a formula. Amen. Aren't you sick of formulas, guys? Remember when we had the five steps to this and the seven steps to that? And, you know, how you know this relationship we're talking about with Jesus is just exactly that. It's a relationship. Amen. But it's based in spirit. And see, Jesus did for us what we could never do for ourselves. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 7, and I'll show you something here. Hebrews 7. Somebody said, uh, well, do you know what you're going to share? I said, I never have a problem uh, talking. It's it's what not to say. (laughs) You know? Look at verse 19. Hebrews 7, verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope. Everybody say, better hope. hope. Through which we draw near to God. Well, see, this has been our challenge. How do we draw near to God? If we understand that Christ has done what needed to happen for us to be able to live in this place of spirit and truth, then how do we draw near? Well, look with me over at Hebrews 9. Just flip the page there. 
says in verse 11, For Christ came as a high priest of good things to come, with the greater and the more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place. Everybody say, once and for all. Hallelujah. Once and for all, he entered the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. Look at verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, who offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? For this reason, he is the mediator, or we could say the intercessor of the new covenant. By means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Hallelujah. Look with me over at one more chapter, Hebrews chapter 10. And look at verse 19. He says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holy of holies, by how? See, worship is not ever going to get you into the Holy of Holies. That's why it's so frustrating. (laughs) How many have been in a worship service and by the time it's over, you're just more frustrated than you were when it started? See, when when you're trying to get into the Holy of Holies by praise and worship, it'll just end up being frustrating every time. Because the only way we can go into the Holy of Holies is how? By the blood of Jesus. Jesus, once and for all, made the way for us to live in the Holy of Holies. It's not a place we get to. It's a place that came to us. Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 4, now is the hour when true worshipers would worship the Father, how? In spirit and truth. See, the Samaritans were used to going to a mountain. The Jews had been used to going to the temple. And when Jesus was having this conversation with the lady at the well, he said, ma'am, the hour has come when you're not going to go to this mountain or that mountain because you know what, paraphrase, worship is not a place. It's a relationship. And right now, it's coming to you, Jesus was saying to that woman at the well. What you came to do externally by coming to the well is now going to be in you, a well of water that will spring up to everlasting life. Well, see, if you don't understand what Andrew has so beautifully taught on spirit, soul, and body, you're going to be trying to get into the spirit from the flesh every time you have a worship service. And I'm telling you, it's just like after a while, you just kind of, you know, frustrating. I used to think if I just sang in the right key, I just know God would show up. And I was, I was positive it was probably A-flat major. <laughs> and if we just had enough excellence, you know, if we could just get our voices and our instruments to just be of one sound, I just know God would be so pleased. He would finally just, you know, say to Jesus, all right, that's it, I got to go. I I can't stay here any longer. I just got to show up. Did you hear that? I mean, they were so good. They were in A flat. They were all singing on key. 
All the instrumentalists and the vocalists were one. I got, I got to show up. How dare we think that our excellence could cause the presence of God to manifest? How dare we think that the blood of Jesus wasn't enough to be able to fully pay the price for us to have a spirit-to-spirit relationship? I'm telling you, it's so true. If we could just begin to understand how much God loves us, that we truly were the joy that was set before him when he went to the cross, he absolutely is crazy about you. He loves you. He is absolutely for you. And if God is for you, I'm just saying. He tells the woman at the well, you're not going to have to come here to draw water anymore. Of course, she's still thinking natural. But Jesus says to her, this well is coming to you. You guys, listen to me. We, of all generations, ought to be the most excited about what's happening right now by the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, if there was ever a time for us to be the church, it's now. Amen. We've got to understand that in our spirit man, we are wall-to-wall Jesus. It's like wall-to-wall carpeting. You can't get any more of the life of God in you than you already have. Amen? So when we understand that all that Christ is, is in us, in our spirit man, this is the place that we draw from. This is the place where we draw near. Now, look at this scripture again in Hebrews, where I just told you to turn to. He says, therefore, in verse 19... Brethren, having boldness to enter the holy of holies or the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his body, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Everybody say, that's me. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Man, we could, we could spend hours and hours in this passage. But look at this. We draw near with what, verse 22 says? With a true heart. Well, see, here's what we don't understand. If you don't understand that your spirit and your soul together make up your heart, then you're always going to be trying to get into the spirit somehow, see? The truth is that we can draw near with a true heart. All we have to do is yield to the life of God that's already in us and allow the life of God to begin to fill up our soul. Remember 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Pastor Lawson was just teaching about how before Christ, our spirit is dead. Before Christ, we've got a dead spirit. We're not alive unto God at all, spiritually speaking. Amen? Well, guess what? Neither is your soul. 
Your soul is as dead to the things of God as can be. You know what the Bible says? The things of God are foolishness to those that don't believe. Well, then let me ask you, why are we trying to cater our worship services to them? Hello? The things of God are foolishness to the unbeliever. Why? Because that's where we lived for all those years. So now we get born again, and our spirit becomes alive unto God, but you know what's happening in our soul? It's absolutely clueless. We've got a brand new spirit man, and our soul is clueless. Your soul has been used to being in control. It's how you've lived your life. Your soul is in control. You're going to do whatever you want to do. I don't want to. I want to, you know, whatever. But it's all from that place of being spiritually dead, right? So now we're in the process of allowing the life of God to begin to fill up our soul, not just our spirit. Our spirit, when we're born again, spirit-filled, we've got the spirit of God living in our spirit man wall to wall. But you know this area of the soul, which includes our heart, is an area where there's so much misunderstanding. God wants us to live spirit-filled. The entire inner man filled with spirit and what? Truth. Jesus said, here's how you're going to worship as a new covenant believer. It's going to be in spirit and in truth. You've got the well living on the inside. Now we have to choose by the spirit of God to let it come up and fill us. John 7, 38, 39, Jesus said, he spoke this of the spirit who was not yet in them, but would be in them. The Spirit of God will begin to fill us up to overflowing. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So if we're going to draw near with a true heart, then we need to draw near with a Spirit-filled heart. What happens when Spirit and truth begin to agree in you? When you're in a worship service, how many remember the first time you ever heard some worship leaders say, let's just lift our hands and bless the Lord. And your unrenewed soul said, oh, shut up. (laughs) You lift your hands. (laughs) Mine are staying right here. First time I was ever in a service like that, you know, I told God, I said, take her to leave it. They ain't coming any higher than this. <laughs> right? I had no idea what God's word said yet about this area of truth because my mind wasn't renewed to it and I wasn't allowing the spirit of God to fill up my emotions. See, we spend so much try- time trying to put our emotions under. Under what? Why don't we just let the Spirit of God fill them up? Why don't we just let Spirit and truth begin to change not only our mind and how we think, but our emotions and how we feel? Bless God, I don't feel like worshiping. If you knew what I've been through, you would understand. So we go through all this stuff, don't we? trying to get into the spirit where we really have to understand that the spirit's already in us 
And out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. It is the sacrifice of our praise, giving thanks unto God. Amen. We begin to magnify the Lord in worship. We begin to allow the life of God to flow out of us in rivers of living water. You say, well, you know, how come some people just seem to be so full of God? How come some people seem to be so full of the Spirit of God, and then other people, eh, not so much? Well, look with me over at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Amen. We've been talking on this. I'm teaching a course right now called Heart Matters in our second year program. And we've been talking a lot about this lately and how much your heart matters. Amen. Your heart, I'm telling you, Proverbs 4 says to what? Guard your heart because out of your heart flow the issues of life. Well, that word in the Hebrew for guard is also the word to value. We need to value our heart. We need to place priority on the inside so that we can let it flow to the outside. Jesus said again, out of your innermost being will flow what? Rivers. He didn't say a trickle. Come on. He didn't say just a little tiny stream. He said, no, this life that's the life of the Holy Spirit in you will flow out from you in rivers of living water. Now look at what Paul said when he was ministering to the Corinthians here in chapter 6 and verse 11. He says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. How many know that's a much better way to minister than with something restricted? See, when you have an open heart, when you're worshiping with an open heart, then you're allowing the Spirit of God to just absolutely fill you up and flow out of you. And here's what we've done. I'll get back to that verse in a minute. But here's what we've done many times when we say, you know, okay, everybody, let's just praise the Lord. What's our first automatic reaction? We do this. Praise the Lord. Right? Now, is this wrong? No, absolutely not. But let me tell you, this should be like the branch on the tree. The root is out of the abundance of your heart, your Bingo. Let your mouth begin to declare what's in your heart. Amen. Living spirit filled is about your mouth getting engaged from where your heart is. Not just applause or clapping. You know, praise God, praise God. No, you know what? Open your mouth and begin to declare your praise. Begin to magnify. Begin to speak to the mountains. Amen. Jesus said, you know, the hour is now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Well, you know what? When you've got the word of the Lord on the inside of you, it's going to come out. If you want to know what's in your heart, listen to your mouth. What's your mouth speaking? See, people tell me all the time, oh, yeah, I know that spirit-filled stuff. You know, I was was baptized in the Holy Ghost 20 years ago. (laughs) That's so yesterday. Well, you know what? For them, it probably is because you know what? We're not yesterday. We're today. Amen. And if you were baptized in the Holy Ghost 20 years ago, are you living spirit-filled today? Amen. We're going to look at this from Scripture and find out how this works. But look at this in 2 Corinthians here. He goes on to say in verse um, 12, he says, Our hearts were wide open to you. You are not restricted by us. But you are restricted by your own what? By your own affections or by your own emotions. 
Did you know that your emotions can restrict your heart? Absolutely. When your emotions are out of control, you know what happens? You begin to live by the dictate of your emotion. If I feel like it, I'll worship. If I don't, I won't. You can't make me. Ha ha. (laughs) Self-centeredness. Right? But it's where we live. It's, you know... Do you always, 100% of the time, every, every minute of every day, feel like worshiping God? No, of course you don't. See? So it's where we live. And the Bible says that we can allow the life of God to be so in us that it fills us to overflowing. Somebody said to me one time, all word and you dry up, all spirit and you blow up, but you put them together and you what? Grow up. Well, see, that's always been the New Testament model for worship. Spirit and truth together, always. Jesus says, six, John six sixty three. the words that I speak unto you are what? Spirit. Watch this. They're what? Spirit. See, we think that it's either or. We either have truth or we have spirit. No, you know what? Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Now, When you begin to understand this, you guys, I'm telling you, it's so awesome because the Word of God literally is alive and powerful. Hebrews 4.12, you know the scripture well. The Word of God that's alive and powerful is sharper than any two-edged sword. It begins to divide between what? Soul and spirit. Between joints and marrow. Between thoughts and intentions. And when the word of God begins to divide you from the inside, it's beginning to divide you in your soul. Your soul is now starting to lose control where it used to be in control. And now by the spirit of God, the spirit of God is beginning to fill your soul through truth and spirit coming into agreement in your inner man. And when spirit and truth begin to agree in your inner man, change will always be the result through you to the outer. From the innermost to the outermost. We are literally the tabernacle of Moses in reverse. We're not trying to get into the Holy of Holies. That's where we live. And we let it flow through the outer courts. We live in this place of being filled by the Spirit of God starts to get fun after a while. Look with me at Ephesians 5. You ever feel like you're just a party waiting to happen somewhere? Man, you get in in meetings like this and there's so much joy. How many know the joy of the Lord is your strength? Amen. Amen. And the joy of the Lord isn't some plastic little phony smile thing. The joy of the Lord is exactly what Andrew was talking about earlier. It's the joy that was set before him. Well, who was that? You. It's relationship with you that is the joy of the Lord. So you know what that means? My relationship with him becomes my strength. His joy is my joy. Jesus said, when my words are in you, you're going to begin to discover what you have. Amen. Where did I tell you to turn? Ephesians 5. (laughs) Look at verse 18. He says, Don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, 
but be what? Filled with the Spirit. This word in the Greek means it's a present continual tense, which means be being filled with the Spirit. So you may have been baptized in the Holy Ghost 20 years ago, but are you being, being filled with the Spirit today? I'm talking about your whole inner man. I'm talking about drawing near with a true heart. Amen? Letting the Holy Ghost fill your thought life, fill your motivation, begin to fill your imagination with spirit and truth, and it begins to actually change your DNA. You ever seen somebody who's hanging out with God so much they start looking younger? <laughs> Listen, when you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you that you've got a medical report of stage four cancer, that's the medical report in your body, and you begin to embrace the good report, you begin to believe the truth of God's word and begin to take that into your soul, it's already alive in your spirit, amen? That healing is already yours in your spirit, man. But you begin to let it flow and take it in and begin to let it become a part of how you think and, and how you feel. And as Barry teaches in his wonderful healing course, you've got to see yourself healed before you can be healed. Say with me today, if I can see it, I can be it. How do you see it? By the spirit and truth. See, what happens is you begin to believe the good report. And as that good report becomes a part of who you are, you know what happens to the cancer? Bye-bye. How does your physical body, your DNA, go from being stage four cancer to cancer-free? Spirit and truth, it'll begin to change your DNA. Man, you know what? I spent so many years in the church around Christians who looked like they were baptized in pickle juice. How not to have fun as a believer. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you what? More abundantly. He said, in everything give thanks. Rejoice in the Lord, for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. Give thanks. Man, we ought to be so filled with praise and gratitude. And then, you know, we walk around like this. Praise God, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. And then at the end of the service, we go, you too can serve this same Jesus. <laughs> and everybody's like, are you kidding? No, thanks. <laughs> Watch this, Ephesians 5. Guys, help me with my time. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit speaking, look at that, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Here we see it again. Out of the fullness of the life of the Spirit in us, we begin to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Did you know you don't even have to be a good singer to qualify? In fact, you could be a really bad singer. 
The only qualification, it's a big one, okay? The only qualification here is for you to be breathing. <laughs> Let everything with breath praise the Lord. Amen? Make melody in your where? In your heart. See, we're talking about your heart really matters. It matters to you. It matters to God. And if the enemy was ever after anything in our culture today, it's to come after our hearts. And when he comes, he comes to steal the word that has been sown into your soul, into your heart. Amen. He's coming to get that word and to steal it and get you to go into a position of neutralness. He wants to get your voice. I was telling my class yesterday, you know, I was watching a Little Mermaid movie with my granddaughter one day. And sure enough, right in the middle of the movie, God begins to speak to me by the Spirit. I see big old Ursula, you know, in the movie, coming to steal the Little Mermaid's voice. And the Spirit of God said, that's exactly what the devil wants to do to every believer. Because Jesus said, what you hear in the private place, what you hear, having an ear to hear, let him hear. Amen? Having an ear to hear, we already have it in our spirit, man. But you know what? Sometimes the sound of the battle is so loud around us, we can't hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Sometimes we're so tuned into other stuff that all that other stuff, the cares of life and everything, is beginning to choke out truth on the inner man. And the enemy comes to try to steal our voice. Jesus said, what you hear in the private place, listen, I want you to get up on the rooftops and shout it out. Man, there was a time in my life just a few years ago, not that long ago, where the enemy literally tried to steal my voice from me. He tried to silence me through something that had happened in our family. And I was so distraught. I was down in my office in my, in my uh, home at the time, and I just was so distraught. And I, I thought, God, you know, I just, I don't know what I can do. I don't know how I can move forward. I don't know what's going to happen here. And I just kind of honestly had a bad attitude. And I'm sitting there with my Bible open. You know how you do sometimes? You're like, okay, fine. <laughs> fine, speak to me. And here I am with my funky self, you know, and going through my little pity party, you know. And I'm thinking, I don't know, I think it's over. <laughs> and the Spirit of God spoke to me and he said something really quiet. He said, Daniel, you either believe this or you don't. So I kind of stewed for a few more minutes and I went, <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I do. I do believe it. And then another few seconds went by, I don't know, a minute maybe, and I said one more time, louder this time, I do believe it. And then it happened one more time. And I, when I said it the third time, it was like somebody flipped a switch in me. And I went, I do believe it. And you know what? I've never been back to that place since, nor will I ever be back there. Let me close with this. I've got so much more I wanted to share with you, but let me close with this. When I was born, my mother clinically died giving birth to me. I've never shared this publicly before. Let's see if I can get, get through this. Um, 
she died. She went to the top of the, de the delivery room in the hospital and was looking down on her body as she was giving birth to me. And she said to the Spirit of God, are you taking me home? And the Spirit of God said, no, I'm taking you on a tour. Come with me. And it was like she said her body went whoosh and went out of the room, and God began to take her on a tour of the nations of the earth. And he spoke to her this. He said, this son that you're giving birth to is going to take my word to the nations of the earth in song and in teaching. She never shared that with me until I was 24 years old. When she saw that my way was already kind of set, she shared that with me. And one day, I don't know, several months ago, I was standing on this stage during healing school, and I'm looking back at the camera, and as I begin to pray for those who are watching online to receive their healings, it suddenly hits me. God has opened up this opportunity for me to be able to teach and to minister to the nations. God opened up this opportunity. Amen? What did the enemy try to do? He came to steal my voice. He came to absolutely shut me up. And I said, you have made a bad mistake. <laughs> because not only am I going to be quiet, but I'm going to declare it, and I'm going to declare it loud, and I'm going to raise up sons and daughters who are going to be living in the Father's house for the glory of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's do Let's just stand up and let's just raise our hands to the Lord and give glory to him. I'm telling you, you are in your finest hour right now. This is not an hour for you to be quiet. This is not an hour for you to back off of the things of the spirit. This is time for you to let it flow, let it go, let, proclaim it and proclaim it loud. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Father, we just want to say thank you so much for your life in us. Thank you for spirit and truth. Thank you that you are the author and the finisher. And what you have begun in each one of us, you're going to complete. So, Lord, we refuse to be conformed to the ways of the world, but we're going to live our lives transformed all because of you. We give you all the honor and all the glory. And everybody said in Jesus' name, a big, loud Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Daniel. All right. Okay, uh, students, um, we just want to welcome you back tonight as well for our evening service. Uh, we're going to open the doors at 6, and the service will begin at 7. Just want to encourage you to come and participate with that and encourage the potential students that we have. And then uh, for those of you that are here visiting, we have a special lunch prepared for you. We have it catered in, and uh, we have the faculty along with that. Um, Andrew and Jamie will be there, and uh, so we're just going to have lunch with you, and uh, then we're going to share some more details about our first year, second year, third year programs, etc. 
and uh, Andrew will be sharing a little bit as well. So we want to invite you to the lunch here immediately following this session. So that will be in the CBC break room. Just come out the hallway here and turn right, and uh, they will direct you to a seat. All right? You are dismissed. We appreciate you being here.